welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 172 for Saturday the 28th of September 2019. Coming up this week, it's Rapid Release Week 3 and I've been struck down by another bout of Skyvitus. I've got a review of my quarter three goals for 2019 and why I'm switching off the Google ads and ramping up the Facebook ads. First, let's take a look at this week's word count, and I wrote 5,069 words on Saturday, the 21st of September, and on Thursday of this week, 5,125 words, and I had to get up at five o'clock. Well, I didn't have to get up at five o'clock in the morning. I actually had to get up at six o'clock in the morning on Thursday, but I was awake at five, uh, and I had a busy day. I just had a funny old day on Thursday in that we had to catch a train by three. I had to get my writing done and see a client and then jump on the train at about 3.30. So I decided to start writing early to make sure the writing got done. To do that, I had to get up at 6am. I was awake at five. So I thought, what the heck, let's just get writing. So I wrote for two hours solid and got my 3,400 words done before breakfast. And then when my wife went to work, I got the last 1,700 words done. So we're now just short of 42,000 words for Circle of Lies. That book's going to be just short probably of 75,000 words by the time I'm finished. Uh, It's shooting along. Touchwood, so far no plotting issues. There shouldn't be because I've, I've actually planned out this book in intricate detail. And interestingly this weekend having hit, well I'm over the halfway mark for that book now, I have to start planning the last in that trilogy. I've got to say I really am. Flagging's not the word, but it's been, I had a week this week, certainly at the beginning of the week, where I just felt like stuff that I had to do just wouldn't stop coming in. It was, I just felt like that. And it wasn't just stuff related to being a publisher, having to get the books done at rapid release. It was just, there was just loads of stuff. Um, I say family stuff, but you know, domestic stuff and things like that. Just a lot of stuff coming in. Um, and it just felt like it was too much for a while. But having said that, um, when you hear about my bout of skyvitis, you'll have no sympathy for me because I have also been skiving and having fun this week. So I've got to start planning the third book in this trilogy. And this will now be the last book that I write this year. It'll be my eighth book that I've written this year. So I've got uh, Saturday, I will be planning that book. I've got next Thursday and next Wednesday. I've got time on those days to plan that book. And I've got time um, on Thursday, the 10th of October to plan that book. But I've got to start writing it on Thursday, the 17th of October. So it's still got, you know, over, over two weeks before I have to start writing it. But because this is just a rolling program. It just goes on and on and on and on for a little while. I've got to make sure that I am ready to write that book. So it's time to start planning it. And the good news is because this is a trilogy, I got a pretty good idea where it's going. I just got to thrash that out now and tie it down. But I, I hope it shouldn't be too difficult because obviously it feeds from book two in the Morecambe Bay trilogy. And a lot of it's going to go back into the past to, to hear how we got where we got where we are in book two but also it's got to resolve all the plot points in the present and obviously 
it's got to ramp up the tension with those as well. So I, I've got a pretty good idea where we're going with book three. I've just got to tie it down in terms of a, a sequence of activities. Uh, but book two is, is going well. I'm happy with it. I've written some uh, scenes that I've enjoyed this week. I'm dying to write the next scene. It's one of these scenes. I, I said that I don't write comedy, but I do like to write scenes that I, I think are funny. Farcical is not the right word. They, they're supposed to be part of a thriller. But they're, they're just people getting into fixes. I like to write scenes where people get into fixes. And I'm uh, just about to write one of those, which I'm really looking forward to writing. I can't, can't wait to write this scene. It's one of these scenes that just is a big cringe for the protagonist. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to that. But I won't get to that now until... When am I writing next? Next Thursday. I'm not writing all this weekend because I'm going to do a park run that's not in my hometown this week. Then I'm planning on Saturday afternoon... And on Sunday, I'm taking a child back to university. So this weekend's a write-off. And as I told you last week, I've just got back from Newcastle. I'm really tired, actually. I was in Newcastle watching Gary Newman last night. This is where I jumped on a train for. And then I was up early. My wife um, wife had to nip back from Newcastle because she couldn't get the day off. So she was on an early train. We had breakfast together. And then I spent the day in Newcastle, met my son in Newcastle to do something completely different, to do a completely different set of activities. And we've not long uh, come back. So, as I said, don't have any sympathy with me because as well as packing in things that I'm, I have to do for work, I'm also packing in uh, fun things as well. Um, but but I, I realised the other day when people ask me, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? I thought the reason, the reason I have to say no, um, I was asked in my in my job, in my work that I do three days a week, I was asked if I could do um, full time for a month because we've got a special project on. I said, absolutely, no, I can't uh, because my time is just so compacted. Um, and I and I compact my leisure time too. I don't, uh, if I go and see Gary Newman, I do all sorts of other things while I'm there as well. So I completely compact my time. And it is, it's ridiculous, but uh, there really is not wriggle room in that time. If you don't book me in ahead of time, uh, you know, if you don't book that slot, you ain't getting it. Um, so that, that's, that's just how it is. Um, because there is no, there's very, very little, uh, wriggle room, um, with all of that. So anyhow, we've had some fun and I'm a bit tired now. So, uh, let's get on with the diary. Um, let me tell you about this Skyvitis because the Skyvitis relates to editing. You know, I don't like editing. I just don't enjoy it. It doesn't feel like a creative thing to do for me. And I got two years after sitting there and and I need to get it edited. And uh, I just couldn't be bothered this week, to be perfectly frank with you. Uh, but let me tell you why I couldn't be bothered. Because on Monday night, I did a 10K run in the evening. So we, um, I, I, I've mentioned this probably a bit more when I do the quarter three goals. But as well as doing park runs, I've I've been joining a running club. And then I've been doing runs on a Monday and a Thursday evening. Now on a Thursday evening, it's five kilometer runs, which is the distance of park run. But on Monday, I, I thought, well, I want to get a run in this week because I, I couldn't run on Thursday because we were going to see Gary Newman. So they were doing a 10 kilometer run on Monday. So I, I did a, uh, I was quite late at work because we've got a lot going on at work at the moment, which is why I was asked if I could work full time. Um, so work was a busy day. I T barely touched the sides and I was off to do this run. I did a 10 kilometer run. And of course the evenings are pulling in now. So we got back when it was dark. And to be honest with you, by the time I'd done a 10 kilometer run, the last thing I fancied doing was editing. So I didn't edit on Monday and I was supposed to have edited on Monday. And then when I came home on Tuesday, I had done a training day 
on Tuesday. Now, this wasn't one of my normal corporate ones. It was one that I'd done as part of my working day. So I'd been training all day on Tuesday. And um, to be honest with you, I was just tired. Um, I find a full day of training quite tiring these days because I'm an old gipper. Um, I think I probably always did, to be honest with you, but but I, I was tired and I couldn't be bothered again. I was just too tired. I thought, cut yourself some slack. And I, I did other things, um, but it was it wasn't I wasn't reading. And then the other thing is because I got my my last child is heading back to, or the second of my children who are at university is heading back to university on Sunday. Um, I'd said, well, how, how about we all go out for a family meal? And Wednesday was the best day to do it. We didn't want to be out on Saturday. Um, we wanted to do it during the week. My wife and I, of course, were in Newcastle this week. So I said, um, well, Wednesday night it is. So we were, we went <laughs> we went out for a family meal on Wednesday because I didn't have to drive. It was in town. I had some wine, and I was I don't drink very much. I only have a glass of wine, but because I drink so little, I've you know felt slightly sozzled by the time I got back. I only you know drink a glass of wine with food. And um, felt slightly sozzled when I got back. And again, frankly, the last thing I felt like was doing any editing. So um, that's why I've had skyvitis this week. And then on Thursday, there was no time to do editing. And today, there is no time to do editing. So um, when I every time every time I bumped the editing, by the way, I made sure that there was room to bump it. So that that book has to be edited by a certain date. Now, also mitigating circumstances here. I um, checked the edit. So uh, that book has been edited by Judy Cordner and I opened it and I checked the document to get a measure of the amount of work that I need to do in it. And I had a look at it. I thought, it's fine. I, I can get that done in the allocated time. So I have got that book allocated over next week. Let's hope I don't have any skyvitis next week because <laughs> I've got a couple of other jollies on next week. Um, I booked all these jollies at the beginning of the year. And um, much as I'm really looking forward to them all, I got, I've, got a, I've got a couple of comedy shows next week. I'm in Glasgow twice next week for a couple of comedy events, which I'm really looking forward to. But of course, they squeeze my uh, writing time and my editing time. And when you come back tired from those, you can't be bothered. So, um, you know, it's my own silly fault, but I don't care because I've been enjoying it. So it is quite compacted time, but I, I'm fairly sure it'll all get done. And so long as the, I tell you what will really help me is if Morecambe Bay 3, if I have a good planning day tomorrow, Saturday the 28th, if that book, it's I've got it in my head how it's going to work. If that plan comes to very quickly, that's really going to help me because it will free up some time if I don't struggle with the planning on that book. So hopefully I'll have a good day um, tomorrow. So the Skyvitus is my own uh, fault, but I just, I just, um, you know, a lot of people with writing find that lack of, well, they find the friction there. I find massive friction in editing. If I'm tired or I, you know, I've had a hard day in, in the day job, I really struggle with editing. I, I got to come to it fresh and ready because I don't enjoy it at all. Um, I just find it, I'd, I would rather just hand over my books and say, sort it, you know, just, just do it, sort it for me. And um, if you've got to ask me a couple of questions, ask me a couple of questions, but otherwise sort it. Uh, that's how I feel about editing um, because it just doesn't feel creative to me. I don't, you know, I want to write, I want to write a story um, and, I, and I love that bit, but picking over it, um, I don't enjoy. It's not creative to me. So, uh, but I have to get it done. I've got that like pressure, you know, when you're at uh, university or college or school and you've got that, I've got to get that essay in sort of deadline pressure. I've now got that on two years after, but I should be able to sort that out. I hope. Well, I'm going to have to next week. I have no choice. It has to be done next week. 
So that's writing and editing. Let me just bring you up to date with rapid release. I've been so uh, busy or occupied, I should say, busy is not the right word, occupied this week with, with various things that I haven't, I haven't really got a clear how the books are doing. I, you know, I could tell you that I tweaked the, I tweaked all my pricing last week. I can tell you that I'm kind of happy with the money that's coming in at the moment. And I'm, I got decent money coming in every day now. And every day I'm looking at my budget and, um, and, and it's giving me more money for advertising. So, um, I gave, I did that special episode about my rapid release schedule. I've done, I've done two special episodes now talking you through what I'm doing. The, the lesson I've already learned with the advertising in that I apportioned, I think it was 185 pounds per book. It just hasn't happened like that. It's been much easier for me. I've just spent a fortune, I say a fortune, but I've, I've spent it all up front. Um, it's been easier for me to manage to just do a job lot of e-reader news today ads, a job lot of book doggy ads, a book job, a job lot of, uh, bargain booksy ads and to just do loads of them and just pay it. So it's PayPal, PayPal, PayPal payment after the other. So I've just been paying all these things. I've been paying for Google ads. Uh, I've been paying for book ads. I'm paying for Facebook ads. So I'm just throwing money at uh, ads all, all the time. And frankly, I haven't, I haven't even looked at that 185 pound mark, but because of the way the incomes come in now, everything is paid uh, up to date. All the edits are paid. All my financial commitments are paid, scheduled, edited, ready to go. And now actually every every pound that I earn now is going straight back into ads. That's just how I'm doing it. So every pound that I now earn in between now and uh, week 10 is just going into ads. And I would just keep ramping ads up um, for as much money as I've got. Um, that's how it's going to go. Now, I'll tell you a little bit more about ads in that um, the my biggest areas of spend have been Google Analytics and Facebook ads. And let me tell you how pleased I am that I'm able to use Facebook ads again, because they are without a doubt the most, um, well, they, they, I can I can tell you they're the cheapest and they're giving me the best results. I had a look at Google Analytics this week because I've spent a lot on Google Analytics and Google Analytics is telling me I'm getting lots and lots of clicks and I'm definitely getting lots of clicks. And I decided this week, I can't remember when I did it, probably over the weekend, is I decided to, to borrow down a little bit deeper with the Google ads because all it was telling me was that I was getting a lot of clicks and the rate I was paying per click I was quite happy with. But the question is, is it, was it giving me any results? So I needed to work out whether it was giving me any results. So I, I looked at Google Analytics. I have, um, sorry, I beg your pardon. I looked at Google ads. And then I looked at my Google Analytics to see whether what Google Analytics was telling me match with what Google Ads was telling me. So if if Google Ads is telling me I've got a thousand clicks, that should tell me I've got a thousand page impressions on on the page that I'm sending people to. And so what I can say to you is that there was a direct uh, correlation between the number of clicks that the ads are sending to my web pages and the sort of acquisition results that I'm getting in my Google Analytics. So there's nothing going wrong with the tracking there. What Google say they're sending me, I can confirm independently that they are sending me. The other thing that was really interesting, actually, is that when you do Google Ads, uh, this is really just an interesting byproduct of doing Google Ads. So I've been very happy with the traffic they're sending. You know that because I, I did that a couple of months ago and said to you, I'm very happy with the traffic, but I'm not so sure with the results I'm getting. Now with Google Ads, you have, I think you, you put a couple of headlines for the ads. You put a couple of uh, body text for the ads and it randomly rotates them. And when I dug into the stats, it actually told me what my best performing headline was or my best performing words. And my best performing words were 
you won't be able to stop reading this book. Grab your copy today. Those are my best performing words, which is just interesting. So I've tried to move those into my Facebook ads now because I've done some testing on those. That's what I tried to do. Now, remember, all this traffic from Google, even if I don't get buys from it, it's been going to my website landing pages. And I have been putting the clicks, the people who click there have then gone into a Facebook audience, which I'll then be able to retarget and create a lookalike audience for. So even if I didn't make a single sale from all that traffic, I'm still, it still allowed me to build a targeted audience thanks to Google sending me that web traffic. Now, what I did at last weekend is I had been sending people to basically they're going to a landing page on my website and the, there's a buy now button. So there's a picture of the book. Uh, there's details about the book, the blurb, and then there's a buy now button. Now I can't send people in Google ads directly to my Amazon page, which is what I'd like to do, but I, I'm not allowed to do that under the regs. I can do it on Facebook, but I can't do it on Google. So I'm having to send them to a landing page. And what I did um, originally, just when I got those things set up is the, the button that said buy now went to my genius link, which meant that wherever you were in the world, you could click that button and it would open up then the Amazon page in the country where you were buying. And the difference that I did is I used pretty links. Now I, I mentioned pretty links. I think I mentioned pretty links. I hope I did in the, the geeky episode that I did uh, a week or two ago, but I used pretty links with WordPress because they give me redirect links basically and but they they also allow me to track campaigns so what i did is i put my genius links my geo targeted amazon links i put those into pretty links and it was pretty links that i put on the buttons on the page and what then that allowed me to do and i could have done this frankly with the genius links but i am using the genius links elsewhere i could then count the number of clicks i was getting on those pretty links and then that gave me numbers for the week so it told me how many people uh, clicked on a Google ad and went to my landing page. And then separately, it told me how many people clicked the buy now page. So this was the last step of me monitoring the progress. Now I can tell you that it was pretty low. Uh, it was very, very low. Um, I'm going to run it probably for another week or two because I've only just set it up and just, just get a, a greater sense of it over time, but it isn't very many. So getting loads of clicks. Uh, obviously, that's allowing me to build a Facebook audience. It also is allowing me to test headlines, which is very interesting. Um, but I'm not getting many buys from it as far as I can see. So if it doesn't, if I can't improve the pages or come up with something that improves that fairly quickly, which is re really actually what I need to do, I need to improve the pages. There's something not working on the pages. So it's not to do with Google. I'm sending the traffic there. It's just not converting. So I, I either need to do that or if I don't get time to do that, I'm going to need to switch them off because I'm just throwing a lot of money at it uh, and not sending enough clicks Amazon's way. The other thing I wanted to mention to you is I made a quite an early decision with this is I'm only marketing to women. I'm not marketing to men at all in my Google ads or my Facebook ads. And the reason for that is, um, I think I maybe told you this when I was doing the crypto podcast, I just find women better to advertise to. I think women um, seem to respond better to my books. I think I've said that to you before. But the other thing is, is when you advertise to women on Facebook, it's re really interesting, is that if you get a, a ooh, you know, moan, moan, moan uh, comment, it, it's from a bloke, invariably. You know, I never say 100%, but it's usually from a bloke. But women use Facebook in a very different way. So they, they this is my experience of it, they either say something positive, like, I've read this and I love it, or I can't wait to read this, 
Or what women do a lot, I've noticed on Facebook, is they copy their friends in. So if they see like an advert for a book that they think a friend will like, they they do a mention to their friend and just copy them in so that they can see the book. Um, and I've just noticed that. And when I did the crypto, it, I, I noticed this really quite ferociously with the crypto podcast. Uh, it's not not so bad with thrillers, but with the crypto podcast, um, I very quickly switched to advertising just to women. Because again, with the women, you get, oh, this is really interesting. I want to learn about crypto. Or they'd, they'd send it to their mate who, who was interested in crypto. But men, you'd get saying, this is a load of old rubbish. It's a scam. You know, mo, 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 mo. And I've really noticed that about the advertising. So with this campaign, um, I'm just, I'm only advertising to women. I'm not even advertising to men at all. Um, that's just been my strategy. You could say I'm cutting off my nose despite my face. Um, but again, I just feel like I get better reviews from women as well. So that, that's what I'm doing. Um, and you know, I'm getting enough, um, traffic through that. And I have not had a single moan or negative comment on my advertising, which I just find illuminating. You know, draw, draw what you want from that. The other thing I wanted to mention to you this week is that there's a real, it's interesting going joint on this because there's a real disincentive for me to advertise now you see her because I, I don't, I said this to you before about collaborating that I don't like losing control. And so I was spending a lot of money on ads, uh, doing my 50 50 with Adam. So Adam did ads on Facebook. I couldn't see them. I couldn't see the console. I didn't know whether they were working or not. And I was running my own ads at my own expense. And I was looking at my ads thinking, these look all right to me. These are doing all right. But I wasn't sort of getting reimbursed 50 50 on mine. And I felt that my ads were probably doing better than the ones Adam were doing. I don't know. I've got no proof for that because I can't see the, the, the dashboard. And so when I was looking at my Facebook spend, I, I was quite happy with the results I was getting on my Now You See Her ads. But I just took that on the chin. I just wanted the book to do well. So I just threw loads of clicks at it. Um, now, I don't know who's... I don't know. I've got no empirical evidence. I just felt that my ads were going well. No, no empirical evidence to prove this either way. But it's a real disincentive because, well, I, I don't want to be throwing loads of money if I feel like my ads are doing well, at a book that I only, I don't get remunerated for the ads and only get 50% of the income. So there's a real disincentive for me to advertise that joint book, which is interesting, isn't it? I can't see the money coming in. I can't, I can't look at the money I'm spending and I can't see the money I'm earning to see whether it's worthwhile. So I, I feel like I'm running blind and I don't like it. And I, I find that a disincentive. Yet, if you look at the reviews that we've had on that book, I mean, the reviews have been strong in that book um, so far. Uh, you know, it just feels to me like, you know, every now and then you write one that just doesn't, it seems to be free of problems. No one seems to find anything to, to moan about. And that book at the moment, Touchwood, seems to be um, one of those books that people sort of read and say, oh, all right, enjoyed that. You know, enjoyed it. it was a good book. So, or we're advertising it to the right audience. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like a problematical book as, as far as I can see. But yeah, that's just, a, again, just an observation that there's a real disincentive for me to jump in and do that. So I, I'm putting all my ad spend into my own books. Another thing that um, sort of worried me a little bit this week is on my advertising panel, I am outselling on The Forgotten Children, which is book three in the trilogy, the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, uh, by about 40% over book two. So in theory, I should sell more of book one. You should see a drop off on book two and then a, probably a drop off on book three. And at best, I mean, I've been seeing this with The Secret Bunker, which has been fascinating in that 
I've I've seen almost almost equal percentage in percentage terms, almost equal sales. So it's like if people don't like the Secret Bunker, obviously they don't read books two and three. But where they do like it and they read book two, almost a hundred percent, and then going on to read book three. So I got a complete match between book two and three with the Secret Bunker, which is I think um, fascinating. So if you're getting that far, if you don't throw it away in despair at book one, you seem to go on to read books two and three, which is which is good. Um, but with Don't Tell Meg at the moment, I'm, I'm really worried about this because it suggests to me, I don't know whether you remember, must be a month or two ago now, Amazon said to me that they wanted to promote The Forgotten Children as one of these, I can't remember what they're called, when they, is it an Amazon offer or whatever they do, they take it over for, is it a month or three months and they promote it? And I said, no, I don't want to do that because it's the third book in a series. You know, it's just going to, it's just going to end in tears if you promote the third book in the series. But I'm a bit worried that they're, algorithm has picked up book three which you know in their algorithmic terms for some reason it seems to to do well whatever their algorithm is the forgotten children seems to hit it but I don't want them to do that it's the wrong order I want them to promote book one the beginning of the funnel if you read the forgotten children out of sequence you're gonna wonder what the heck's going on I remember I bought Divergent from the book what's it called the book we have a chain in the UK um and the, the book, not the bookseller, I can't remember what it's called, but everybody everybody in the UK will know what I mean. It's a cheap discount bookstore on the high street. Virtually every high street has one. And it's got a blue uh, shop sign. And I can't remember what it's called. And I bought the Divergent series as a, as a box set there. And I remember they didn't say book one, book two, book three. They just, it was Divergent, whatever it was, Convergent. <laughs> well, I can't remember what it was. But, I can't remember divergent, convergent, affluent, whatever the titles were, and, and I just picked. I picked up the third one. I didn't know. It, I didn't know anything about it uh, other than it was recommended, and started reading book three first. And I was reading it, thinking, "What the heck's going on here? I haven't got a clue what's going on." And then my wife told me I, I was. I'd launched into book three, and I'm worried about people doing that with the with the Don't Tell Meg trilogy because it won't make sense, and they'll review it badly because they'll say, "What the heck's going on?" Um, so I am a bit worried about that. Um, interestingly on the covers there it's very very clear in amazon it says the forgotten children book three of the the don't tell meg trilogy so you've got to be pretty out of touch to not see that because it's all over the place but you know i've I've seen worse things from people online uh i wouldn't put it past people to you know buy book three of the series when it clearly says it's book three of the series and then complain that they've bought book three of the series um so i am worried about that um, because it's about 50% more than the murder place sales. And I think that's Amazon doing that. And I don't know why. There's just something about that book that's that's tickling their fancy. Uh, but it's wrong. You know, it does. it's where the system breaks down because it's not the right one to be promoting that book. I, I want them to promote book one or I want them to promote the book trilogy. They could do either of those things, but I don't want them to to, separate, to, to, to promote book two and three on their own. Facebook ads are working really well. I'm getting very cheap clicks. It's it's very good. I get loads of clicks, and it's it's doing very well for me. I haven't I haven't done anything clever with Facebook other than that I've used I've used book brush images, which I love. Um, you know, I, I I ought to maybe I probably should get a bit more adventurous with my images, but I I haven't done anything anything fancy other than that I've just got campaigns running across all the books. I'm getting loads of clicks. I'm very happy with the price. I'm paying for the clicks. I'm very happy to be back on Facebook again. And Facebook feels like the one that's working well. So I've ramped up my budgets and I, I am, as I said to you right at the beginning now, 
I'm just going to spend until week 10 everything I got uh, on Facebook ads, Amazon ads. I can't, I've got Amazon ads running, blasted things about fire. I put a 5,000 budget a day on it. Um, you know, they won't fire those ads, but um, Amazon drives me spare. I know people make Amazon ads work, but I've only got them working for um, non-fiction, not, not for fiction. And I don't know whether I got the time um, to, to spend on trying to get them going, but I, I've got these auto ads, which usually seem to work. And I put a, my, my trick to, to get them to work usually is to put a tight time scale on them. So I've, I've set them to the end of October and I put a $5,000 per day budget on them and that usually gets them going but even that hasn't got them going yet so i'm waiting for those to fire at the moment so i can tell you about amazon ads and i also put um as don't tell meggie's now uh, 99 pence or cents i now have put that on a book ad because i've got a series of book ads that work well with that book so i've just basically taken those out of archive um they they had a good conversion rate so i've just let those tick over again and i'm just paying f- for those on don't tell me because the the ads work um i haven't started anything new interestingly i i tried sort of dave gochran's uh, theory and and doing it the way i'd done it work works better for me it is continuing to work better for me so um I'm, I'm, that's what i'm going to stick to i'm going to do that i just wanted to thank uh, Alyssa grosso who gave me a shout out on her podcast um, she was talking about my my 10 weeks of, of rapid release and saying that uh, you know she couldn't maintain uh, the pace that i'm maintaining and I, I just wanted to um comment on that Alyssa, to say that um when, when i was listening to your podcast it did make me think that i would at the end of the 10 weeks, so when I've launched Left for Dead, I will do, I think the week after that, I'm going to do another special and it will be um, things I've learned from 10 weeks of a rapid release schedule. And I can give you a plot spoiler right now. One of the things I've learned from the rate I've been writing this year is I don't want to write at that rate. Um, I know I, I can do it. But I don't really want to do it. I much I enjoy my writing much more when I kind of write on a Thursday, Friday, and occasional Saturday if my wife's working a Saturday. Um, that's still very productive compared to most other or many other writers, I should say. And it get that gets me about three books out a year of about seventy five k, and that is much more my preferred schedule. Uh, now I I always qualify that by saying that if any of those series went, it's it's interesting actually that the the feedback on now you see her is, or the people like it, and they like the characters, but I'm seeing a lot sequel please, which is interesting. People want a sequel to that, and um, the something I've been very quiet about actually is the collaboration with John and James, um, in, in that in that I haven't. I haven't got a date yet, but we've, we've, that's, that's going to start imminently. So I hadn't realized this, but John and James had written a book, which they released this week. This is the trigger for my books. Now they had released a book that bridges their story, storyline with my storyline. And it creates the circumstances in which the character who I use in my books, I borrowed a character from their universe that character it explains where he goes while he's having the adventure in my books so it creates the offshoot series and i don't think i'd i don't think i'd you know when people tell you stuff and you haven't sort of heard it properly or understood it properly i hadn't quite got that we were waiting for that so they released that book last weekend and i think they're planning to do like a 28 day rapid release so mine's going to come 
Now, my first book in that series will come probably beginning of October, end of, end of, uh, where are we now? End of October? Yeah, we're at the, the end of September now, so it come end of October probably. So hopefully that'll be, we kind of go October, November, December with that series if we're lucky. So uh, we're almost there with the sci-fi series. But again, you know, if that takes off, um, obviously there would be another trilogy there. And I have a half, um, I kind of know where the next trilogy is going in that series. So I do feel very much that I've got to get through the 10 weeks um, and then see where we're up to. to. To be honest, we've got to get to the new year. So in the new year, to me, the options will be another book with Adam Nichols in that series. And, and again, it hasn't got a zillion reviews. And I think we've got about 15 in the States, four or five, is it, in the UK? Something like that. Virtually all five stars, which is nice. Um, I think there's a f- one, maybe one four star in there, maybe one or two. Uh, so that's a nice start. Anyway, you, you know the ones are coming, but at the moment we're safe. And so that series might get a might need a follow-up. We'll see how John and James's go, whether it's too much for people, whether they don't like it, whether they like it. But again, potentially that might need a follow-up. I've then got my Morecambe Bay trilogy, which could turn to a series. Um, that's the last of those books. When does that get released? The last of the, those books gets released on the 6th of January. So really, after Christmas in the new year, I'm not going to write anything over Christmas. I finish writing whenever I get Morecambe Bay 3 done. That's me. I'm done for Christmas in terms of writing. Um, I'll just be editing over Christmas, New Year then to get the Morecambe Bay 3 out. But at that point, I I could go any way, really. Uh, it could be more Morecambe Bays, potentially. Uh, it could be more Now You See Hers in that series, or it could be more John and James's. So I really uh, don't know at that point. And of course, the other thing is that if if the rapid release is going well, then I would re-release and re-edit the Don't Tell Meg trilogy at that point so I can keep it going. So we've got potentially a lot of options, but I don't feel like I can decide or make a choice on that until towards the end of the year, even even over the end of Christmas, New Year. Really not sure what's coming next. I really can't tell you what's coming next. i tell you what I can tell you. I mean, I can say to you in income terms that the the book bub is, is way lower than it was. And it's way lower than it was because I kept all the prices low. That's why it's way lower than it was. And now I've popped the prices up higher. The income's coming up now. Um, I'm, I'm getting more income from it now. So the the income is is higher and steadier, but not not huge. So in terms of, you know, is rapid release making you a fortune yet? No, it's not. Uh, that's the answer. Have I seen any difference? No, I haven't. Um, what about the numbers? Well, they're less than they would have been on a normal book bub because I kept all the prices at 99 pence and cents to try and get the chart positions with those books. Um, the money's going up now because I changed. I think uh, Don't Tell Meg is 99 pence and cents. I think I maybe have put, I think I put Dead of Night up this week. I can't remember. I've started to pop some of the prices up now just so I can make a little bit more, more money from the books. But only, only they're still all very low. No, nothing's at 2.99 yet. Um, so the money's going up a little bit more. And, I, and this is why I said to you about the ads. I'm looking at that now thinking, great, that's everything paid. Everything I earn now is going straight back into ads. And I'm just, everything's just going to go straight back into ads until about week, certainly week 10, when I'll review the expenditure. I'm blindly doing that. I'm just saying, that's fine. I just want to send traffic to those Amazon pages. Um, I don't really care. And I just want to see if we can fire this rapid release. It's week three of my rapid release. So I re-released... Uh, one last chance this week but um adam said he didn't really see anything taking off till weeks five or six i don't expect that 
Um, so all I can report to you is that the sales are just as normal. The chart positions are better than they've ever been. And I, and I've got a lot of books, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 ish in, in paid charts. So I, I have a chart position, but I haven't really had time to look at my author position either. I'm just carrying on, carrying on. I've had three promos on one last chance this week. So I had a BK Nights on Monday. I had an e-reader news today. On Tuesday, I had a book doggy on Wednesday. I had a bargain booksy on Thursday. So this is this is the drill now: Facebook ads, Google ads, Bookbub ads, um, e e e newsreader ads, you know, the uh, email ads. And then next week, no more secrets. Oh, no more secrets! By the way, it's got fifty pre-sales on it, which I noticed today, which I'm quite pleased at. Um, I've got promos on that next week. I've got uh, BK Nights on Monday. I've got ENT, E-Reader News Today on Tuesday. I've got Book Doggy on Wednesday, and I've got Bargain Booksy on Thursday. So again, this is the drill, constantly, constantly sending traffic to those books um, in, in the hope that what Adam said, which is he felt that the traffic and the, the sales, that's what got it going in the hope that we, we get it going in that way. But to go back to my original point about uh, Alyssa Grosso talking about the rapid release and saying that she couldn't uh, keep it up, um, I just wanted to say, you know, there's no way I'm superhuman. I am, I am um, not struggling to keep it up, but I, it's, it is hard work. There's a lot of things to do and you need to be across a lot of places. Um, you, yeah, you really need to be on it. And this, this, you know, is my book ready? Have I edited it? Do I have the files up for Amazon? Constantly getting, email reminders from Amazon saying is the final file there yet and then I've also got to do the paperbacks and I've got to do the covers it is it's constant I'm just constantly uh working on it uh constantly and and if I'm not working on it like I've been away now I should have been frankly there are many things I could have been doing while I was off having fun watching Gary Newman in concert so it is hard work um, would I want to maintain it? You know, I don't know whether I do, to be honest with you. I got to, I got to tell you that, um, I don't know whether there's pleasure in, in this for me. I, I always qualify that by saying if somebody, something took off and I made a lot of money from it, well, then of course I would. I'd do what was required. But would I do it by choice? You know, I think, I think what I can tell you at this stage is it's so busy. I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life unless I'm earning money for it. You know, this is not my aspiration. You might as well just have a day job, frankly. Uh, day job's easier. Um, the, the, you know, be writing 5,000 words every day, day in, day out. I, I just don't want that. I don't want it to be like that if I'm writing. So I think if this didn't make me money, if this didn't work, if I couldn't prove this rapid release worked, then I think I would say, well, you know, that's fine. I enjoy the writing anyway. I'm fairly prolific, even when I'm not writing every hour that, that uh, God sends or every day that God sends. So, um, so I'll just continue knocking out two to three books a year. Uh, you know, at a rate that pleases myself. That's more than a traditional author would get out. I have enough books now to do permutations for advertising, um, you know, and, and take holiday money from this. Certainly, it's it's certainly capable of generating good holiday for money, money for me throughout the year. Um, and I, I, I think that's what I would rest at. But if the rapid release did work, of course, I would keep it going for as long as I can. And if any of the series flew, I would obviously, you know, if I needed to write them fast, I would. But if it, if this doesn't really get going, if I just spend a lot of money on this and it doesn't really do much, then that will be my conclusion from it. It's a lot of hard work. I'm, you know, I, I gave it a try. It didn't really do brilliantly. I'm just going to return to a nice, relaxed schedule of writing what is relaxed for me. Um, and just enjoy it and just write books because I enjoy it. 
Um, and, and that's, you know, I can tell you that right now, but I will do a, a special episode telling you what I've learned from those 10 weeks. But I did want to give you that plot spoiler, which is that it, it is a fairly frenetic pace and, um, be careful what you wish for with it. There's a lot of work involved in it. Okay. It being the end of September, I'm just going to move myself in my seat now. It's time to do the quarter three goals review. Let's take a look then at this quarter's goals and I will talk you through them. So this covers the months of July to September and I will put a photograph of the goals on this week's show notes for episode 172 so that you can read along with me. So quarter three, July to September, my first goal was to write Now You See Her from 20,000 words until it was finished, 75,000 words. So as you know, that book, I did that. That book is now finished. It's, it's selling. It's, it's, it was a, got a, a bestseller tag. Um, and it's doing, and it's still selling well and it's still quite high in its charts as well. And it's, you know, getting good reviews. Thank goodness. A long may they continue. So, uh, that I did in July. And then after that, I moved on to two years after that was a 50,000 word book. So I've written that in quarter t- three. I've edited it, Julie's edited it, and it's waiting for my last edit. And then also in quarter three, I got Morecambe Bay 2, which is Circle of Lies. I got that book up to 40,000 words this month. So how many words have I done this month? I did 20 to 75. So what is that? That must be 55. I've done over 100K, haven't I, this month? 100K? 125, something like that, 140k words uh, in this quarter, something like that is what I've written. I should have added that up before I started, shouldn't I? Uh, You'll know that I've got, if you listen regularly, you'll know that I've got overarching goals to take me to my 55th birthday in 2020. And fitness and running is a big part of that. So I've done park runs from park run number 24 And then tomorrow I will run park run number 35. So I've park run every, I think I've park run every week except one when I had to go off for that minor op thing on a Saturday. So I think I got every week and except that one when I couldn't. I've also done park runs in different places. So I've park run in Edinburgh, Market Raisin, Penrith, Blackpool, and I'm going to do another one tomorrow. I'm going to Keswick to run. So I've got one, two, three, I've got five, what they call park run tourisms in. I also, I don't think I've mentioned this, but uh, in this quarter, because my weight was going down so, so fast that it's all been working so well for me, I have started running in the evenings. I'm re- I can't tell you, I've never been so disappointed that the the nights are drawing in. I thoroughly enjoyed running during the evening. So I've been running pretty well every Thursday evening during this quarter. And I've also done some running on Monday evenings as well, more sporadically on the Mondays. But I've run on Thursdays, um, how many times? Eight times. I've done eight Thursdays. I did um, two 5k relays and I've done five, well, five to 10Ks on Monday evening. So I've been doing loads of running in the evenings. And in terms of the weight goal, so so you'll know that um, my goals for when I'm 55 are to have, um, what is it, 55 park runs, 10 different park run venues, which I think I may already have done. I must be very close if I haven't. I wanted to get a sub 30 minute run and I wanted to get 25 volunteer sessions in. So uh, the, the volunteer sessions are are getting there. I'm, I'm do, I've done loads of volunteering. Um, I, I do the setup early in the morning before the run, and I've done what I call volunteer briefings. So I can often do two volunteer stints and still run. So I've had quite busy mornings doing that. 
I have done, it's my 35th park run tomorrow. I don't know how many park run venues I've done, but it'll easily be 15 by the time we get to March. And I've done now six, no, seven sub 30 minute runs. I'm actually, my run now, my run time at Carlisle was last week, 27 minutes and 15 seconds. So if you think when I started park run a year ago, my time was 38 minutes something. And I'm now running it in 27. This is at Carlisle where it's difficult. 27 minutes, 15 seconds. And I'm almost at my weight goal. Last week I weighed myself. So I always weigh myself at the same time every Saturday after I've done a run. And my weight last week was 10 stone, seven and three quarter pounds. My goal for March was 10 stone seven. So I might actually be there as I'm speaking. I don't think I will be this week because I've, it's been a bit disrupted. I've eaten out a bit and I only got that 10K running on Monday. So I don't think I'll get there this week, but I'm, I'm kissing that 10 stone seven. And if you wanted to cheat, you could see we've already done it because you are 10 stone seven and something, but it's got to be 10 stone seven or less for me. I don't like cheating my target. So it's got to be 10 stone six and something to make sure I'm, you know, I'm comfortably there. So I'm almost at that target. And that, that's six months ahead of schedule that. So um, again, it goes back to what I, I keep saying to is that where you put your focus is where you get your results. Um, when I decided that I needed to do something about health and weight, I was over 12 stone. So we've got that down pretty quickly, um, really just as a combination of diet. And by diet, I mean, I don't have when I have my tea in the evening, I don't have anything afterwards. And I've cut down on biscuits, chocolate and crisps. That's that's how I've done it and done the running. And that's it. That's all there was to it. Otherwise, I'm just eating what I always ate. Um, I've just cut the rubbish out. Um, so it hasn't come with any great degree of pain. And also when I have fun sessions like I have at the weekend, I had sweeties and crisps today because I'm having some fun. So again, it's not exclusive either. Um, so, so hopefully that's, you know, fairly interesting for you. If you are a gentleman or a lady of a certain age, um, in your fifties and you are thinking about getting fit and healthy, it's working um, very well for me. But I, I think I should, I'm reasonably confident that I'll, I'll hit all of those goals. But obviously the, the problem for me is if I, if I hit that 10 stone seven goal, I've got to sustain it for six months then with Christmas in the middle. But anyhow, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but at least I'm on top of it now. Um, so that's park run and, sort of weight and health goals, I have kept Paul's podcast diary going from episodes 160 to this episode, which is 172. And I've done a couple of specials as well. So I had an interview with Bill Cocos in there. We had an extra interview with Julie. Uh, we had two extra interviews with Bill, actually, because he did the one about my editing and we did the author interview. Julie did an editing interview. I did my tech interview and um 15 things i've just got 15 things on the board it was, what was it 15 things what i can't remember what it was but 15 things i've changed my mind about wasn't it about self publishing so we've had lots of extras as well in this quarter i did the promos that i said i was going to do so i i built my list doing a book funnel a prolific works and a story origin uh promos i also had uh i've got bs what's bs book can't remember what that is. I did a sci-fi and a thriller one. Whatever it is, I did a sci-fi and a thriller one. I can't even remember what BS is now. But BS, what is that? I thought it was book funnel, but it can't be. Anyhow, whatever it is, I did that. I did two of those. Um, also, I've updated um, some of my books. So I had a Dead of Night to update, One Fatal Error, Burden of Guilt and Who to Trust. I had those books to update. 
And I have also got my Stuart Beige covers, my Walker Bay trilogy covers. I created the 3D covers and I did the Walker Bay covers in 3D as well. So I got all my covers done, refreshed all the books I had to refresh as well. And then in terms of rapid release, this is the 12th item on my list. I released now, you see here on 9th of September, Dead of Night on the 16th of September, One Last Chance on the 23rd of September, and No More Secrets will get released on the 30th of September, and that's got uh, 50 pre-orders the last time I looked. So um, that's the quarter three goals. Um, everything on that list, I think, he says, was achieved. And at the time of recording this, all I got to do is tick off Keswick Park Run, and no more secrets to get released on Monday. And then everything on my quarter three list has been done. And so next week, this is the bit I really love doing this actually. I'll take a photograph of that so you can see which goals have been achieved in quarter three. But next week, I will give you my quarter four goals, taking us up to the end of this year. And it seems remarkable to me that we've got uh, that, that quarter three has been amazingly packed. And in actual fact, it, it feels great that I've got another quarter ahead of me before the end of the year. It just feels like a vast amount of time for me. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've, when you think that I've I've only got more Bay three to write in quarter four, whereas in quarter three I've written well, I got Walker Bay two to finish as well. I suppose I've got one to finish and one to write. But it feels like I was writing a lot more in quarter three. There'll be a lot less writing in quarter four, which I must admit I'm quite looking forward to. And as I said to you earlier, I won't pick up the writing now until, oof, where will it be? It, it won't, I won't start writing again until January once Walker Bay 3 is done. I, I shall take Christmas off and have some fun. Okay, it's going to be a long one again today. Sorry about that. But let's just go through general news this week. Tomorrow, which is Saturday the 26th? No, 28th. Saturday 28th, I can submit the grid one to BookBub again, so I will be doing that. If you recall, it was I had a BookBub on Grid One, so I've, there's a precedent for this. But I have resubmitted it twice now and been knocked back twice, so this is third time lucky. I'll let you know next week if I get a BookBub on that. If I do get a BookBub on that, I, in theory, that money is going to go to refresh the covers across my whole sci-fi series. Um, I'll have to decide whether I do that. That, that My sci-fis are all wide at the moment. I've left them listed wide. I will have to decide whether I take that money for adverts for the thrillers or whether I just tuck it away and use it for the covers if I rapid release my sci-fi books. I've got to decide what I'm going to do. So I, I guess that if I, if, if I do get a book bub, the income from that I might just put to the side, wait until I can make a judgment about the the thriller rapid re release and see whether it's worked for me and i guess if it hasn't worked for me then i'll put that money probably well i might just take it out as income actually i just take a holiday on it um I, I might just do that actually um or if the rapid release has worked i'll probably put it into covers but yeah joe i think um i think i'll do that i'll probably just take it out as a holiday money i'll take it out as income i think if um if i don't do rapid release on the sci-fis and um with that in mind that was actually something i said in the episode that I recorded of the self-publishing spotlight. So that's the extra podcast that Mark Dawson is now doing, self-publishing spotlight. That's where they talk to authors who aren't quite so far on in their writing career. And my episode went out this week and I've got to remember to put that, I'll put the 
the episode on my show notes, episode 172, to save you having to hunt that down. And one of the things I said there was that I, I was earning more than the average author, average traditional author, I think, who earns £10,000. And I will this year as well do uh, earn more than that. But I was saying that I, I've, I've had this sort of bootstrapping. I've been bootstrapping my business. But by the time this rapid release is done, all of my books will have had prop, will have proper covers and will have been edited properly by that stage. So at that point, I'm going to start taking money out of the business. I'm going to, st- I want to start rewarding myself from this business at that point. And this is what I mentioned in the self-publishing spotlight. So everything has been bootstrapped up to now. And I'm pleased that the, the business pays for itself. Everything doesn't, nothing comes out of household money. It just, everything is paid for from income now. But I want my next step for me is I want to start saying, okay, uh, that holiday was paid for by book income. That um, I want to start taking something out now. I want some benefits from this now. I'm not. I'm not happy to just bootstrap. So it has to bootstrap itself as well. But I want to start taking some fun money out of the business now. Um, and that's going to be holiday money. So uh, yeah, listen to that episode if you can. You've probably heard it all before because you listened to this podcast. But you might hear some extra stuff in there. I wanted to thank Tony Walsh, who sent me an article from The Guardian, theguardian.com. And Tony spotted that there was a feature there on The Secret Bunker, Scotland's Secret Bunker. They might have mentioned my book, but they didn't mention my book. That would have been great if they'd have mentioned the book. But um, it was a September 2019 sort of tourism kind of uh, article, but it was a great puff for the secret bunker. And of course, that all helps me with keywords because my book is keyworded as the secret bunker. So, uh, every little bit helps. But if you want to have a look at that review again, I'll put the links on this week's show notes. Now, um, Julie Stock, who is a previous interviewee on this podcast when I was doing interview podcasts, um, Julie uh, let me know some time ago that she got her own kind of launch strategy for her latest book. And she said, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. And she sent me a really uh, detailed and very interesting email this week to tell me about her latest book launch. Now, um, the book that she's just launched is called The Bistro, The Bistro by Walters Meet Edge, Bridge, I beg your pardon. And it's her third full length novel, but her seventh book. And uh, Ju- Judy's sort of like me. When you when you get a certain number of books, you think it's about time I was earning some money from this, and you you, get, you start to get serious with it. And Ju- Judy's obviously got serious with it and thought, right, I I need to implement all this advice I've been listening to. So uh, Judy's been listening to Adam Croft's advice in, in the indie author mindset. Uh, Nicholas Eric's website. Not heard of Nicholas Eric, uh, Julie. So I'm going to check that out. And also Mark Dawson's advice in the self-publishing 101 course. Now I'm just going to abridge Julie's comments. I'm not going to give you, I'm going to give you about 30, 40% of what she told me. But with Julie's permission, I have cut and paste, pasted her email to me into the show notes so that you can go through it with a fine tooth comb. But there's some really interesting information in this email and I would highly encourage you to go to the show notes for episode 172 and read it in full because I'm just going to it's a long episode so far this week so I'm not going to go through it in full detail but you will get a lot of good information from this you know particularly if you are trying to get things going you've got a couple of books trying to get things going and you're you're struggling a bit there's some great tips in here 
So um, I want to say congratulations to Julie on this because, uh, you know, you really have kind of pulled out the stops here, Julie. And this is just such a great email to read. So I, I, I say I picked out a couple of extracts that I wanted to mention. This is not the full email. Uh, please read it on the resources page. Highly recommended. So um, one of the things that Julie did, and I, I, I saw this and it looked great, Julie, on social media was Julie did a blog tour. I haven't done one of these blog tours yet. And I know I, I know I ought to do it. I really ought to do it. I'll tell you what I ought to do. I wonder if I'll get round to it. I ought to do one really for the Walker Bay trilogy because that's a, a brand new trilogy. I wonder if I could do that. What do you reckon? Should I do one for the... I ought to do that, didn't I? Let's see if I can fit it in. I'll, I'm going to say that to you informally because I ought to do a blog tour. Um, and I know somebody who does them. I know Sarah Hardy does them as well. Drop. Hang on. I've got to write a note. I'm just going to ask Sarah if she could do that. And if it's too short notice, there you go. Live thoughts on the podcast, but I ought to do a blog tour. So, uh, and that book would be good because the, the intenseness has, has, is over then. Intensity? The intensive period is over by then. So that would be a good one to do, Left for Dead. Memo to self. Okay, so anyhow, Julie did a blog tour at the end of May. The earliest that she could get was for 20th of August, two weeks after publication. She went with it and it went really well netting her lots of great reviews and lots of sales and page reads. So, yeah, I haven't done a blog tour yet, Julie, so you've made me think. I think I might do that. Also, Julie said, um, and remember, I am abridging this hugely here. There's loads more nuggets in here. I took part in a book funnel giveaway mid-July to try and build my list, and I gained another 150 subscribers. A fair few of those have since dropped off. I think that's fair enough, but 150 subscribers is really good for one giveaway. Um, this is really interesting. This is really interesting. By mid-July, my pre-orders were at 12. So I decided to do a Facebook ad to see if I could get any more. Julie says, I've never done this before, despite trying all the ads platforms. Even though I'd bought Mark Dawson's ads course, Julie hadn't finished it. But Julie subscribes to Dave Gochran's newsletter, as do I. And he'd been doing a step-by-step Facebook ad series. I know Julie. Do you know what? Every week they came in. I just archived those and I kept um, putting them. I don't, if you've got Gmail, you could just put things on snooze. I kept snoozing it and then I archived them in the middle because I didn't have the time to sit down and read the blasted things, but I saw them and they're saved. And um, Julie says, I followed his steps to the letter and created the ad. A month later, I had, wait for it, 172 pre-orders. Julie says, I'd never had more than 26 before. Now, this is on the day I've told you that on my own, Adam and I got 400 and something between us, but that that's different. We were throwing loads of Facebook ads at it and everything. Uh, so I, I got 50, 50 for the next book that I'm launching. So I'm in the same zone as Julie. So if I could get 172 on my own, I'm really interested in that. Julie, you've made me feel bad now because I had that, I was watching that series come in and I tucked them away and I didn't act on it. So you've made me, that's another thing. Hang on, let's write that down. Dave Gochran's, I've got to dig those newsletters out too because they were good i knew they were good i could see it when they came in but i didn't take action on them so i'm going to do that as well the other thing that julie did and i've never done this before is julie paid for a one month stint on netgalley julie says that cost me 46 quid and for that i ended up with 27 reviews and i want to give a shout out here to jerry evanoff who i know has been struggling to get reviews so jerry 46 quid netgalley julie got 27 reviews so i know you're I know this is a pain point for you at the moment, so you might want to consider this. Um, not all of them, of the, all of those NetGalley reviews posted on Amazon or Goodreads, it was about one in three, 
but it gave Julie loads of great quotes from the overwhelmingly positive reviews of four stars overall. Judy says that NetGalley can be very negative, so she was pleased with the four-star result. Now, again, remember, I'm abridging this. There's loads of good stuff in here. But Julie also says, I left it a bit late with setting up email promotions for my launch week, but in the end, I did the following. Um, 6th of August, Book Doggy got 31 sales. 7th of August, Pillow Talk. I think that must be a romance one. Um, sales, eight. August, uh, none, so no promos, but 23 sales came in. So presumably that was a, as a residuals from Book Doggy and Pillow Talk. 9th of August, many books. Sales, 26. Uh, 10th of August, no no promos, got say, uh, 14 sales. And then on the 11th of August, Bargain Booksy and E-Reader News Today got 63 sales. Brilliant, brilliant results, Julie. They're really good results. Not lovely to see using Book Doggy. I like Book Doggy. I'm getting on very well with it. But also using uh, many books, Bargain Booksy, E-Reader News Today. Those are the ones that Adam Nichols recommended. Those are the ones I'm pretty well using at the moment. And I also recommend that you use BK Notes on Fiverr just because it's so cheap. And I think it gives you pretty good results. Um, certainly great results for $5. So I'm still summarizing from Julie's email here. Julie also says, I have kept the Facebook ads going on the Bistro since publication day as they're going so well. Uh, Julie's now got an ad on every book. My highest earnings in a month since publishing my first book in 2015 were approximately £575. Those are good earnings, Julie. Loads of people listening to that would be very happy with that. So those are, those are great earnings. Um, but my earnings for August this year were £1,157, and estimated for this month so far, £1,159. So Julie has cracked the, not only a $1,000 mark, Julie's now cracked the over £1,000 per month mark, which is just fantastic. So congratulations on that, because I I think at that point, when you're earning £500 a month and then £1,000 a month, you are earning money then, that makes a difference. You're earning the sort of money that you would earn in a part-time job. And that's that's kind of real, tangible, worthwhile money. People can start to give up jobs at that point or, or part-time jobs they can start to give up. It's, it's money that makes a difference. So I just wanted to pass on my congratulations to Julie. Uh, please read that email in full. It is full of gems. I've just picked off the things that particularly resonated with me, but it's on the resources page for episode 172 of this podcast diary. We're going to be running at about an hour today, so I'll just go through this week's mentions very briefly, and then uh, we'll close it down for another week. I just wanted to thank uh, Adriana Liccio, who won the award for the best uh, foreign pictures, holiday pictures last week. And now you've done the double, uh, because I said really the only way you can beat that is with cute cab, uh, cute rabbits or dogs. And, uh, Adriana this week, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Adriana. Apologies if I put the emphasis, uh, wrong. Put me right when we meet, uh, Mark Dawson's event in London. But uh, Adriana says, thanks for the shout out and glad you enjoyed the pics. Truth is, I was harshly reproached by my family. How did I dare not send a single picture of Frodo? And Frodo, everybody, is a dog and a beautiful dog at that. Frodo is a keen self-publishing journeys listener and a traveler. Frodo is on his, or just finished, I think, his 10th EU on the road trip. And then hopefully making up with these pictures. There are four pictures of the wonderful Frodo. And you can just see 
you know, when you look at an animal, you can see what a beautiful, calm creature Frodo is. What lovely, lovely pictures. What a great kind of companion dog. I can just see it by Frodo's body language. Beautiful picture. So well done, Adriana. I think you've, you've really done a sterling job there, not only with uh, supplying beautiful animal pictures, uh, but also uh, of the holiday pictures as well. What a beautiful dog Frogo looks like. So uh, thank you for sending those. And Tim Lewis is is keeping up his end of the deal too. And actually, uh, Tim, I I, I wasn't quite sure where you were uh, with this picture. It almost looked like, and I think you've sent me pictures, you've talked to me before about Amazon lockers. And when I was looking at it, I was thinking, where is he? Is is he in a submarine or are those Amazon lockers? But it was one of my kids who, who worked out what it was. You're actually on the platform of a tube station. I think it's London Tube. I'm not sure because I know you've been in the States. It's a tube station, underground station. And Tim says, listening to your podcast in glamorous places as usual. Of course, this is the joy of a podcast is that it doesn't really matter, frankly, where you're listening to me. Uh, you could be listening to me somewhere glamorous or you could be listening to me on the tube. And that's the beautiful thing about podcasts is that you wouldn't be able to pick up the radio there, uh, but you can listen to podcasts. And that's why they're such wonderful things. I don't care where you are. I just love hearing from you. So thank you very much for sending me your pictures and your updates. If you have a fabulous dog, who listens to the podcast i would love to see pictures of your beautiful dog because i do like dogs and uh, uh we're not gonna have one of these days i have a dog we're not gonna have a dog until i've got traveling out my system um you know because i don't want to get into all the kennel- kennels thing and things like that and, and also i haven't quite got rid of my kids yet so before I, I i get one other responsibility i want to get rid of the existing responsibility but um, i will one day um, own a dog but in, in the meantime i'm enjoying everybody else's lovely animals and um, Frodo's just looks gorgeous so yeah send me your dog pictures if you have a dog dogs that listen to <laughs> to self-publishing journeys that is it from me for this week what am I doing this week oh who knows uh, running all over the place planning Walker Bay 3 uh, what am I doing I'm writing um, up, up to 50,000 words so we'll be at two-thirds mark when I speak to you next week of circle of lies i'm releasing no more secrets on monday i have to have the final file submitted for so many lies on thursday so it's work 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 but but squeezed in between there i'm going to see ben elton in glasgow on tuesday night and having some fun in glasgow probably going to go and see rambo is it last blood i'm going to go rambo in glasgow on wednesday and then uh, i'm in glasgow again uh, overnight on friday i'm going to do a glasgow park run next week and I'm going to go and see Still Game, which uh, for those of you who live in Scotland, you'll know and love, no doubt. But we're going to go and see Still Game live at the Hydro in Glasgow next Saturday. So don't feel for me, to, don't feel sorry for me doing all this work. I'm having loads of fun in between times, even though it is you know quite steady and quite frenetic. I am making sure we squeeze in plenty of fun time in there. So I'll have another update for you next Saturday. Hope you have a great week of writing, editing, whatever it is you're up to. Speak to you soon. Bye bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.